takes a little while to get back into the groove of things. Just so you know, this is a little commercial. For those who want to speak this summer, I am taking names and I will put down dates if you let me know. Because the teachings are still available throughout the summer in June, July. Um, so that's brought to you by this pastor here in this pulpit. <clears throat> Alright, as I was coming up with this, this piece, um, people have been asking me a lot more about the Disciple Center. And there are definitely passages of Scripture that are pivotal points to us that we're not going to go away from. And that, generally, you can look and it's written in red. That's exactly what Jesus says and that's exactly what we're going to continue to do at the Disciple Center. However, things have changed in this world, but His Word continues to be true and steadfast. In the world I grew up in, it's not the world we live in today. It was easy and not a big deal to stand firm in God's Word and guidance. But today, if you stand in His words, it is likely, at some point, you will stand out. That is why I chose this passage to teach on today. Even the Disciple Center itself will stand out at times. As people have brought up to me um, about the private congregation, I looked to the prophets and found the Gentiles. will look, will look, I always look to the prophets, to the Torah, to see where Jesus is talking about. And so, I want you to do me a favor. Go back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 56, as that's the first passage we're going to look at. It was brought to my knowledge after coming here at the Disciple Center that there was always a place for the Gentiles within the Scriptures. God always provided that. And it's not more clear than in this passage of um, Isaiah chapter 56. However, as you guys are turning there, as I was preparing for today, I kept having a song, and yes, coming from Bakersfield, they're country songs most of the time, that come to mind. And uh, I kept having this one song come to me, and uh, it's Aaron Tippin back in 1990. You've got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. And the pat, these words still ring true today. Because I see the world going off on tangents. We're going to go over here. Oh, well, that doesn't feel good anymore. We're going to go over here. And it says in that, that uh, country song, he'd say you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to be your own man, not a puppet on a string. Never compromise what is right and uphold your family name. You've got to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. This is what we've got to stand on. We've got to stand and uphold the Scripture of God. This, I'm telling you right now, there's pivotal points in Scripture, and this passage of Scripture I'll get to in Matthew 5 later on, is something that I have been dealing with my whole life. Alright, so in Isaiah 56, let's take a look at this passage and see where God, even way back then with Isaiah, says that there's a place for the Gentiles. But first, He speaks to His people Israel. And this passage of Scripture starts with, Thus says the Lord, not Isaiah, 
Not other people, but thus says the Lord, Preserve justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. How blessed is a man who does this, and the sons of man who take hold of it, who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, Oh, wait, hold on talking to Israel, but it's also in earshot of the Gentile. I love that crossover here. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. No, no, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, to the Gentile who keep my Sabbath, and choose what pleases me, and hold fast my covenant, to them I will give in my house, and within my walls a memorial, and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name, which will not be cut off. Also the foreigner, who joins themselves to the Lord to minister to him. I love this, because Pastor Bruce talked about love last week, right? And how love is an action. And it says, to minister to Him and to love the name of the Lord. To be His servants. Follow up with, with the action of servanthood. Everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. Wow, Gentiles could sacrifice. A lot of my brethren who are pastors go, what? But right there in scripture, the Gentiles had a place. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. Did Jesus not say that when he cleansed the temple? For all peoples, it will be a house of prayer. The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet others I will gather to them, to those already gathered. He's going to continue to gather us. I love that passage of scripture because we're joined with Israel right there. So, that gives us hope. But let's go ahead and let's turn over to John chapter 14. One of Jesus' disciples. But as you turn over there, I want to remind you of something. Even before the Torah was out, Job was a Gentile, Noah was a Gentile, and they were doing God's word. God put it within them to follow his ways. John 14. Let's talk a little bit about John himself first. He's known, he was probably the youngest disciple. He also talks about love quite a bit. He's known as the love apostle. But again, I refer back to what Bruce... I already had this all done when I started listening to last week's message. And Bruce was referring to love as an action. If we love our parents, if we care what they think, we're going to do what they say. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this passage, about the love He's going to show them. He's going to send them the Spirit. 
And in John 14.21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Wait, what do you got to do? You got to keep my commandments if you love me. What are his commandments? Well, in John 1, it says that nothing came into being that has come into being except through him. He is the forerunner. He wants you to follow the commandments. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. In this passage of Scripture, I'm going to go back in just a minute and read from 20 to 24. But Jesus himself, in other passages, says, I'm not even supposed to want to be equal with the Father. But I love him so much that he intertwines himself with the Father. Just as you have children, if you don't have children, you have parents, I can promise you that, you have parents. But if you love them, they've instructed you and guided you through life. Have your parents ever given you a guidebook on how to live? Not likely. Have they guided you with their verbal instructions? That's likely. The Heavenly Father loves us so much, He gave you a guidebook. So, when He does that, He's giving us a way to show how we love Him. How many of you want to drive that aren't 16? Or are going to be 16? Or maybe 13, 14, 15, 17, 18? A lot of this generation doesn't want to drive. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. You're going to be walking quite a bit. There is an instructional guide to driving. It went from about this small when I was about 16, that's really, to I saw a booklet. And I thought, there has to be a reason. There's always a reason for rules, right? So somebody did something wrong and then they put that in the DMV booklet. But your parents want you to do the, what they've taught you. And that is to live out this scripture. In the same way, the Son is intertwined through this. So let's look at this. John 14, 20 through 21. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father. And you and me, and I and you. This used to make so much... I was confused by this passage. But now it makes so much sense. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, that's not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened? That you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world. Yeshua, Jesus, answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. His word is the entire book of Scripture. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. Get that. If we're doing God's word, he's going to abide in us. He who does not love me, if you don't love me, you don't do my words. You don't keep my word. You don't follow what I say. If you go out there and you get arrested, are you following what your parents want? Unlikely. Right? And so, 
He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine. But the Father who sent me, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. You see, if you love Him, you truly want to please Him, then you're going to start to intertwine just like Jesus did in that way, according to these scriptures. Alright, again, love is an action, it's not a feeling. Love is following what God wants you to do, not going by this emotion that's going on that happens sometimes. I do believe that the Holy Spirit works through us and can guide us in certain ways, but we have to make sure we check it with the Scriptures. We also have to make sure we check it, not just with the Torah and the prophets, but what Jesus says. And Jesus, what He says, does never contradict. Does not contradict the Torah or the prophets. But it encourages us to live by it. Alright, Matthew 5. You guys are very well versed in this. Again, a pivotal point in Scripture. And because we're not um, replacement theology in this, this congregation, you guys know this passage of Scripture really well. But I wanted you guys to know I always bring examples. But when we're going to hang something on the wall, right, we'll use a little bitty nail. And this little bitty thing is not very big. But it will hold up a picture for years upon years if you put it in right. But I wouldn't say that's very pivotal and worthwhile if something wants to take it down. But then you can get a little bit bigger, get a screw that will, you know, screw in. And these passages of Scripture, you can screw them in and you can do really well and it will hold a little bit better than that last one. Or you can get a drill and you can make a hole. You can make sure that you can get this through. And this will hold quite a bit more. You see, Jesus was that person that shows us how to live out those scriptures. How to live out that Torah. And he drilled that hole and he said, this is the way to do it. This passage of scripture is something that will never change for the disciple center. Because Jesus himself said that the Torah... And the prophets are not going to be done away with until heaven and earth passes away. We're not a replacement theology. Whenever I hear of a pastor and I, I have family that are pastors, and I always bring them back to this passage because they're more Paulinites than they are Jesusites, right? And so I remind them that what Jesus says is pivotal and you stand firm in that. Like I said, ever since I was six or seven, I asked every pastor what this passage of Scripture said is what my mom told me. And I always got the pat on the head and go on, kid. Until I got to CBU and then I met Pastor Stokes. And he said, well, what's it say? Well, this is what it says. In Matthew 5, the word of the Lord says in 17, Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets, I did not come to abolish, 
And if it says fulfill in your Bible, I want you guys to take that word out. I learned this a long time ago from Pastor Stokes, who helped translate this. And he argued with those who were translating. That word fulfill should be to set as a goal. So, I did not come to abolish, but to set it as a goal. I truly say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from this Torah until all is accomplished. Pretty big. That's a pivotal point in Scripture. A lot of churches today will go, well, when he came and he died and he was rose again, everything changed. Everything changed because He gave us the hope and He gave us His words. And He didn't say until I am resurrected, then the heavens and earth pass away. He said right here in this passage, not until heaven and earth is done away with. Not the smallest shot or two. May this congregation never turn from this. So may it goes on here. To say, whoever, okay, I need to ask you. Who likes to shoot for the lowest ring of things? You want to be the best? Do you want to be the best at what you do? Or do you want to be, ah, just be mediocre? You want to be mediocre? Okay, so we got one in here. Who else wants to be mediocre? Who wants to get the best? Who wants to have the prime rib of things? You're okay with just... A good tri-tip, right? So, that's okay. There's got to be those people. But, is there a ranking in heaven? Well, this is about to point to it. But you also do not want to discourage other people that want to follow what Jesus says here. For it says, whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments. What commandments? He just said it earlier, the Torah. The prophets. And teaches others to do the same, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. A lot of Christians today. I just want to get in. That's all that matters. Great. I guess. But where's your fruit going to be? Where are you going to show that Jesus, I was living for you? Don't teach others to do away with what God said in the Torah. Teach them to do it. That Holy Spirit will guide you through it. But whoever keeps and teaches these things from the Torah and the prophets, he or she shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Pivotal point for each and every one of us here. It also should be a pivotal point to every pastor out there that nothing is to be done away with until heaven and earth passes away. If you wake up in the morning and your body is not transformed in that twinkling of an eye, that heaven and earth has not passed away. Did what Jesus say change? No. Did the heavens and earth pass away? No. Did Israel get replaced? Absolutely not. May it never be. This passage does not change, but agrees with the rest of Scripture. 
and may those who have ears let them hear. We choose the greater position on this passage, and we will continue to live it out in the Disciple Center. And in so doing, we pray that our children and our children's children will honor Him and glorify Him even more than what we're striving to today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you. We thank you for this 